Evan, I can't lie to you. I, I would if I could, but I can't. I'm excited for this episode. Oh, thank you. Uh, or am I? Oh, oh, you went from Honest Abe to one of two doors. Wait, one of two doors? Oh, I'm, I'm the guard. <laughs> oh, I did. I was, <laughs> I was trying to think. I just did a bit with somebody about that today. Yeah, oh, Evan. Early today with me. It was with you, yeah. <laughs> no, Evan, it was just really funny over chat with somebody today. Oh, man. But no. I am, I am an honest little Abe. I can't tell a lie. I am excited about today's episode. This is what Abraham Lincoln sounds like. Abraham Lincoln, like a six foot something, very tall man, sounds like a leprechaun, a very yes. small He sounds tiny. like the mayor of a town full of dwarves. <laughs> Munchkins, I should say. Oh, man. We represent the Lollipop Guild. I was just talking to um, friends at lunch today at work. Uh, about how I would love to be better at accents. Oh, really? Because I feel like now is a t- now is a tough time to be doing accents. I feel like that's a little uh, it's not PC because of the Me Too movement. Nope, I think those are unrelated. I think those are <laughs> independently having their <laughs> independently things are having their moments, but pro- pro- progressing in a lot of ways. Uh, but no, I think it's just it's it can be seen so easily as mocking a person with that accent. And if you're doing it for a role, the question is, why not just do someone for whom that is a native accent? Why not just hire that person? True. Well, it's because I, as our readers, sorry, our listeners may not know, I am a proofreader of Harlequin romance novels. Yeah. So I, to sort of bring some, to sort of like add a little excitement and spice to my, uh, to what a job that I honestly do love, I started reading the dialogue uh, in voices, in a in a New Zealand accent. Oh, in a new in a New Zealand accent. Yes, I need. What's your? Hang on. Let's talk. Listeners, we're the Scooby Dudes. We're two best friends. We're here to talk about our favorite meddling kids and their dumb dog too. My name is Luke. That is Evan. We're gonna get to that. But what's your access word for the New Zealand accent? Access word. Okay, I was thinking like linchpin for some reason, like or like a or like an anchor. Your access, access word, word. Your on ramp. Your your north star. Whatever you need it to be. Um. It's, uh, like, like, uh, Flight of the Concords, you be it is good. Or, like, yes. Yes. Yes is mine. I, if I say yes, and then I'm pretty good. But, but it's, like, new, people in New Zealand, it's, like, they're really frightened that a large bird <laughs> will fly into their mouths if they open their mouths too big. <laughs> so they, <laughs> you saw these tiny, their, their mouths are always so small, like, whenever they enunciate va- syllables. Well, it's, it's like, you know, British people, like, high class can talk through their teeth like this. Well, they do it because they're snooty, but New Zealand people do it the same way because they're so humble. It's like the same mouth shape, but out of humility. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, sorry. Did I open my, <laughs> did I open my mouth too much, I was going to say. But. Yeah, there's a little bit. I, did, did, I, did, I, did I open my mouth? Did I open my mouth too much? Uh, Laddie. Skippy dudes. I, uh, I'm, I'm all over the place okay. right now. Me too. I am way all over. Listeners, again, we're here really at, at the end of the day to talk about Scooby-Doo, believe it or not. Ripley's, believe it or not. And we're here to talk about a specific show or series that we have not come back to for quite some time. Yeah, in fact, I'm really excited we're returning to this. Of all the episodes of the series of Scooby-Doo, this one's one of the most unique. Um, I'll, I'll lay out the premise of this series in a second, but I'll note one thing. This is going to be split into two different 10-minute episodes. At least that's what we're covering. There are not a typical 20-minute Scooby-Doo episode, but two tiny little bits that we're going to be chomping down on. I will Um, say that there are some mm -hmm. pros and cons. A pro is obviously you feel like you're getting more mystery. You have two different villains. The Mm -hmm. con is they don't really get the amount of time that they deserve. Yes, but a pro is it's super wacky and off the wall. And... uh, that we're covering today, Season 1, Episode 1 of the new Scooby-Doo and Scrappy-Doo show. Uh, the episodes are titled Scooby the Barbarian and Part 2, No Sharking Zone. If I may, Evan, may I give us the premise? This has started to become one of my favorite parts of each one of these episodes, I, so please, I am all When here. I suggested we start doing this, I was really unsure if this would turn out to be a good idea. But uh, it's, it's also become one of my favorite parts, is writing this. Alright, Season 1, Episode 1. Warm up, warm up, warm up. Yes, yes, oh yes. After Fred and Velma run away together, the rest, the rest of the gang and Scrappy pose as reporters for a teen magazine while actually investigating supernatural mysteries. Come along as what remains of the gang heads to Norway, only to be met by a Viking who's a big fan of Billy Corrigan's work, and to the sovereign island of Scareruba, where Prince Ruba is king, and scares are not scarce. Oh, I love alliteration. 
um in, in the last episode of my other podcast selfie evaluation i i write up the little like copy like just like i do for scooby dudes mm. and i said um because there wasn't in the episode prior there was kind of like a hot steamy moment okay. so in this one i said um in this episode where the sizzles are low but the stakes are high Ooh, oh that's good that's really good and i assume you were you were going from complimenting yourself to maybe complimenting me? Was that a point on the way to that destination? No, no, nope, I'm just really, nothing, I'm just, nothing. I might even be better at this than you. Is the, all the scares are not scarce? Well, I, I, I'd, even, I'd even give you that, but I kind of still want some praise on my part. Maybe give a little bit to the little guy, huh? 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 Oh, yes. <laughs> Come on, Evan, give me a compliment. Your beard is good. Two dudes talking about Scooby-Doo. Two dudes just like you. Unless you're a lady, mm, this show is for ladies too. If you're LGBTQ, we are your Scooby-Doos. Um, so Evan, the first half of this, Scooby the Barbarian. Can I maybe dispute the title before we get into the episode itself? Yeah, please do. I wanted to, uh, do you think, I guess I'll make it a question, do you think Vikings are barbarians or were barbarians? I just read a book. I finished a book today about Vikings. Wow. It was about a romance between a, a, a Dane, which is of a, a Viking, and a Saxon. So it's between, I assume it's a great Dane, like in the context of the story. Yeah. No, it's just no, a Dane. Okay, never mind. Um, and, and actually, within the context of the story, she does consider him to be a barbarian. Okay. He actually, and this is, uh, I don't know, NDAs or whatever. Anyway, anyway, it's, she she just she considers him barbaric. I'm just, that's all I'm gonna say. Counterpoint: I googled were Vikings barbarians, and you know how Google will pull up like an excerpt of the best article it can find to meet, match your question, and it will present I, it as I if it's the answer. That. I started reading this, and I realized it's a prezi, like a high school prezi <laughs> that Google just lifted, called "Were Vikings barbarians?" for question marks. So yeah, based on my extensive research, I think not barbarians. But I take it Harlequin has a different perspective. I will say that the Saxon, mm -hmm. come, she comes around. <laughs> Asked and answered. Thank you, sir. So we've settled whether Vikings are... This is Scooby the Barbarians, but it's an episode that's all about Vikings. We're even in Norway. Okay, this episode is i i love this half of the episode i, well, I think we're going to devote more time to it i'm just going to jump in and say it opens up on like ruins of an archaeological archaeological site there was a man his name is uh professor busby he has like a turtleneck like a blazer he's an academic type he's talking about how these ruins are viking ruins or whatever and then the tour guide's like is there any questions does anybody have any questions for professor busby and one guy's like Hey, is it true these ruins are haunted by a real-life Viking? Can I say something? Please, go ahead, and then I've got something. Can can someone who is alive haunt something? Huh. Only metaphorically, I think. That's a good Isn't point. Isn't haunting specifically, specifically for the, the dead? Dead, otherworldly, supernatural? I do agree. My thought on that is that when the guy pipes up, you made him sound like a peevish student who's kind of like arguing with the teacher. I would say he spits that line through his teeth as if he's a White House reporter coming out with an ugly accusation. Like, anybody have any questions? Isn't it true that the ruins are haunted by a real-life Viking? No, no, not you. I don't want to talk to Fox you. News, I'll talk to you. Ask me anything. What do you have? Um, but Mr. President, <laughs> what what do you have for breakfast today? Uh, that's a great question. I hate Muslims. Hate them. Can't stand them. They look different than me, and that's what I hate about them. To be clear, and that was your best Donald Trump impression. That, that was my best. Okay, dude. <laughs> <laughs> Hang on, I can get into this. Donald Trump. Donald Trump. Oh yes. Ah yes. Yes yes yes. yes. Your Trump, your Trump, Trump is bad. Yes. Oh, it's great. Trust. Believe me. It's oh oh yes. We're gonna build a wall. Oh, what a wall it'll be! <laughs> you know what? New Zealand Donald Trump is now my favorite thing. Kiwi Trump just barely edges out mobster baby. <laughs> oh man, don't even talk to me about New Zealand mobster baby. Oh yes, yes. When the when they're sending their their yes. metal, this they're, they're not sending, sending the best. <laughs> sending. Oh no, I'm not. Let's not even. I don't even want to quote it. Okay. 
Um, but of course, when that comes up and that like they're like, isn't that there's a real like Viking haunting before the professor can even okay, that's not how haunting works. That's not that's it's dead people. It's <clears throat> by necessity. But there is a real life. There is a guy. It's so obvious. It's on screen. You can see it. There's a guy in like a red, like a casual red jacket and a white shirt and jeans. And he very conspicuously leaves the crowd. And the the next moment, a Viking shows up. And it's kind of like, you know, a Viking with like a horned helmet, which apparently they didn't really wear. He's very large. He looks like he's like six and a half or seven foot tall. He he doesn't sound like like a human being. No, he doesn't. He doesn't sound great. And also, like, you hear everyone screams as he's like, but we don't see anyone fleeing. So it just kind of ends on him doing his thing, which we normally see on the top of the hill in isolation. Also a note, when we come in, we see, I think, a statue of a Viking in glass. It almost looks like one of those encased in an ice of block things. Mm. In an ice of block. Ice of block? In an ice of block! Ice of block is, like, one of my favorite uh, groups (laughs) <laughs> um, it takes two is my favorite, uh, my favorite of their songs. Oh yeah, one of my favorite artists is uh, Cube of Ice, <laughs> or no, excuse me, Ice of Cube. <laughs> excuse me, he's my favorite, but I got it wrong. Uh, I'm really into um, Tea of Ice. I was a, a big fan of. Uh... Oh shoot, it's Cube of Ice who became a, a family friendly actor. Yes, not Tea of Ice. No, sorry, that that was close. I think we were doing. Here's the thing. Uh, here's the thing on this series. There is no Fred and there is no Velma. It is. I, I alluded to it in my premise, yeah, that yes. they're absent. It's Shaggy, Daphne, Scooby, and Scrappy. This is the new Scooby and Scrappy do show or whatever. Um, and what they are is, is, as you mentioned again in your premise, they are under the guise of reporters. They're looking for mysteries, but they sort of had this cover so that they can get in places where Mystery Incorporated as an entirely full entity might not be able to. Yeah, that's that's not really applied very evenly. I didn't even catch that at the beginning of what should have been the first episode we've ever seen in the series. Did they mention that in the first half? No. Well, <laughs> no, no. They they mentioned that they're going to an, they might they might have they, they might they're going to an archaeolo- archaeological. Well, it doesn't really make sense that they're doing this under the guise of investigating supernatural mysteries because they never find out. And we've said this before, but they never find out there's a monster until they get there. So it's like you. The only reason to go here is if you are actually reporters for a teen magazine. So they did say that they were going there because oh. there's a rumor <clears throat> that Professor Busby has been kidnapped by a Viking. But they take this as just being old, not an old wives' tale, but just yeah, just a rumor. Just it, it's here. Here's say it's I don't just know. wash of the hog. It's nonsense. <laughs> I love that we got it early out that saying things wrong is a running joke now, so I'm covered for the rest of the episode. There's there's a fun little thing here where um, Shaggy's like, oh, archaeology, it's just old bones or whatever. And then Scrappy's like, Uncle Scooby loves old bones. And then Scooby lovingly looks at like a book of old bones and then kisses it. Yeah, he, he. I thought at a, for a moment he might like eat the page, but he just kind of caresses it with his face. And to me, that is like a very funny, very like pure and simple gag. Mm. A dog flipping through a book of dinosaur bones like it's a menu. We don't typically see Scooby loving bones. I think that's more dog-like. It's more animal than we typically see Scooby. I think most of the humor, and I think it works here, but I think most of the humor of Scooby is how gluttonous he is and how much he eats human food. But I liked it here. Yeah, I think well, it to Scooby, a bone is is missing the meat encasing it. Yes, Scooby, he he sees the bone and all he can think, where's the meat around it? Um, I, I'd also mention the mystery machine. We don't often see people buckled up, but here they're wearing seat belts that are literally belts. They're actually belt buckles in place of the the. No, you're looking at me like, yeah, man, we all have seat belts like that. I mean, in Canada. No, you don't. No, no, this is one of those lies you told me about that you do on podcasts. Luke, have you been to Canada? I, I've been to, I've driven through Canada, but I brought my own car, so I wouldn't know. Unless... Yeah, so basically, it's just, mm. it, it was a health and safety regulation oh. thing where they mm. found that there are different, there are different tightnesses that are better for like an adult or for a child. Skeptical. So mm. the seatbelts in Canada are adjustable, and they do look a little bit different from the seatbelts in the States. Wow, that, yeah, actually, you know what, now I, now I believe you. You wouldn't lie to me, would you, Evan? <laughs> oh, I could not trust that face. <laughs> the gang, I don't know how they get to that little, like, hovel in the wall, what feels like a hobbit home, but they get there. It's it. The setting of this is so weird, because they're supposedly in Norway, 
they're driving through what mm. looked like to me like the Mongolian steppes. Hmm. And then they look out into the distance, and the sort of little ruins or whatever where the professor and all of these tourists were looks to be on like a mesa of sorts. Yeah, and it's I, I don't see a lot. I say there were some moments like when they're in a minute they're going to be near a store where it felt like Norway, but most of it just felt like ruins, which has been a you know a locale we visited a few times recently. Look, I, I, apologies to my Australian to our Australian listeners, particularly if they're indigenous, because I don't. I can't remember what the term is. Aboriginal. The old term of this was Ayers Rock. Hmm. It's not referred to that anymore because that's sort of like, you know, like the colonial name. There's an actual like Aboriginal term for it. I can't remember what it is. That's what it looks like, this sort of mesa. But then the the gang or the group or whatever we want to call them, there are caves and caverns at the base. That's where they drive up to. That's right. They go there. Now, remember, do they know that Professor Bisbee or Busby has been kidnapped? They know that he's missing. He's missing, that's right. So they are looking for clues, and they can't find any. It looks like the place has been trashed. And then that guy who I mentioned who conspicuously disappears. Oh, okay. I didn't see him the first time, but I saw him here, and he's... Well, he shows up, and he's like, what are you guys doing here? Oh, he's... <laughs> I love the way he taught... Like, when Daphne's first like, uh, wait, who, who are you? And he says, me? Why, I'm, uh, uh... The lab assistant here. Well, what about you? <laughs> and he like he's cutting them off with his lines. He like jumps into the room all of a sudden and he flees just as suddenly. He is the heart of suspicion. Yeah, he. I wrote on all caps that he has a bad attitude. Yeah, he did. He did have a bad attitude, and he talked a little bit like every, like a lot of people's first improv character. Like, yeah, what do you know? Hey, I talk kind of like this. Me? Why? I'm a uh, uh, lab assistant. We've got to, okay, we have to, that chat we had earlier, I feel like we have to do, like, some improv stuff for Patreon. Oh, yeah? That could be fun. We should, you know what? Let's try and make that a thing, like, doing an improv scene for Patreon. Yeah, I agree. I like that. Um, But, basically, they're out in this little town. I think that's what you mentioned looked a little bit more Nordic to you. Yeah, they go down there. It's kind of like a store. They're near a vegetable cart. It felt like it was more like a Nordic town, as I imagine it, I guess. And um, so I think it's Daphne saying that like there haven't been vi- any real Vikings for centuries. Like it couldn't possibly be a Viking who absconded with the professor. Vikings don't exist anymore. And from behind a boulder, a beefy arm sort of extends above it with a club and whirls it around in a circle. As if it's trying smashes... to, as if it's trying to like juice up a crowd. As if it's trying to like get people excited. <laughs> like like if you have a T-shirt, people at Woo! people at uh, sports games yes, would like yes, spin their it. T-shirts around. <laughs> But then the arm smashes the boulder into smithereens. Like, it truly and it crushes this boulder. And then that Viking that we saw earlier stands up. But this Viking is, in essence, a caveman. Functionally, truly a barbarian. Yeah, like, a, I guess, um, uh, not homo sapien. A Neanderthal. Neanderthal. Yeah, sorry. Um, and he, it's odd that he, like, smashes that boulder and his thing is not like, leave my sacred land or the like. It's, it's Olaf want food. Good food. Olaf smashes a pumpkin and eats some of it. And he, and he like, hates it. takes a little nibble off of the rind and licks his lips. And he, like, looks around as if he's, like, visualizing the taste. And he's really rolling around his palate. He's, he's like, Remy really? from Ratatouille. He's got the little colors in his... That's what I thought. That's what I thought. I'm, like, seeing the lights. <laughs> Ooh, it's, like, jazz. It's, ah, a little bit of that. A little bit of that. And he says, it is, no, this is not good food. And so he... Like thrusts the the pumpkin cart. Oh no, my pumpkins! It's Scooby and Shaggy. My pumpkins! My pumpkins. I love it. I love it. Uh, he throws that at Scooby and Shaggy, who we have like kind of a headless horseman reference. I think this is so bizarre. So Scooby and Shaggy sort of ride this cart. They land with pumpkins atop their own heads onto a stone statue. And both of these episodes have a truly surreal moment. They have one surreal moment that's kind of like 13 Ghosts, but it's isolated. 13 Ghosts is surreal most of the way through. This is just like one little brief moment here where they're on top of this horse statue with pumpkins on their heads. And Scooby, Scooby's like, get up, get up. And Shaggy's like, aw, Scoob, like we're on, a, we're on like a statue. And then the horse rears up and kicks them off like... Throws them off its it back. Buck, it, bucks it bucks them, them off. Yeah. And then Scrappy's like, hey, you can't do that to my Unka Scooby. And I thought for a second Scrappy was going to take it to the horse, who is returned. Like, as soon as he does that, the horse goes back to statue. Yeah. Like, the horse lives to sort of create this little, like, physical comedy gag. And then as soon as it rolls over, 
it becomes inanimate. We, we once see more. it return to its position like a gargoyle. And for a moment, I thought Scrappy was gonna. We were gonna go further in that meta thing, and Scrappy was gonna be like, "Hey, why is it? Why is it a statue again? What the? What the heck? Ex explain it to me, Uncle Scooby. Uh, explain it. We're all splat you." <laughs> okay okay this is perfect this is a perfect segue so so um scrappy starts to starts to advance on the viking and puts up his little dukes i'm a barbaric fool little sound effects we hang on we hang on scrappy for a good moment while these sound effects hit my notes say parentheses lip noises spurt spurt because it sounds it's literally <laughs> Oh my god! <laughs> and he's not doing anything. It's just those sound effects are happening while I he's... wrote. Um, scrappy punches make little poot sounds. <laughs> <laughs> I also love when the Viking picks him up, like roars in his face, and then Scrappy, still smiling and his tail still a wagging, is like, "Oh, or or maybe I was wrong." And it's like, first of all, it's odd seeing Scrappy back down. Second of all, it's odd seeing him so like happy to be scared. Like I feel like we got a glimpse into Scrappy's fetish here. It's so it's so interesting that in this first episode of this iteration, Scrappy is almost immediately after he sort of puts on this little like blustery show, mm -hmm. chastised and and like he's chagrined. And and he he kind of like ha he has the ability to self reflect there that I don't think I've ever seen before. Of like oh dang this was a bad idea maybe I was wrong. So he literally says maybe I was wrong. This Viking grabs Scrappy and Daphne and just runs off with them. And this is where it gets like super like off the rails to me. Is he comes up upon two other Vikings and they say, "Hail Olaf the Terrible." And really, I feel like they should have been saying "Hail Olaf the Terrible." Because they put out, yeah, <laughs> yeah. They put out their the, arms like the, this. They do the salute. They do these little Nazi salutes to Olaf. Yeah, that seems like a, a slightly odd decision. But who knows what Vikings did, right? They were barbarians. Still, I love this moment. I feel like we've had this in the last run of episodes where we realize that there's a whole community of Vikings here. Like there are so many. There have to be. Minimum a dozen. Minimum a dozen. Minimum a dozen. Like, there's so many Vikings. Baker's dozen, even. And each one very different. Like, these are individual, very personalized, stylized Vikings. There, There's a sequence where um, they're chased by two guard Vikings. Um, there's this, like, as if they're being chased by a bear. They go up into a tree. The guard Vikings do, too. Um, Scooby and... It, it's one of those classic tree catapult gags. Exactly. Tree trebuchet, but yes. Tree, I was going to say a trebuchet gag. Trebuchet? Trebuchet gag, yep, that's what it um, is. And Scooby and Scrabby and Scooby and Shaggy end up grabbing the tunics, the fur tunics mm. that the Vikings are wearing so that the Vikings are flung away. Well, Scooby and. Oh no, they're all flung away, actually, aren't they? The, the Vikings are flung into a river, and Scooby mm. and Shaggy are dropped in the general vicinity. I'll also never not like the anachronistic use of uh, red dotted boxers uh, you like <laughs> as that. underwear for people. I like that. I don't hate it. Hearts are maybe even a little bit better, but I, I'll take one or the other. I think hearts are like the best. The best. Mm -hmm. Like if you're wearing a suit of armor, if you're wearing like any, yeah, any sort of like war garb to show that you have white boxers with bright red hearts on them is. Yes. It's a must. Uh, but this gives a great opportunity to skip, maybe just to stay on Scooby and Shaggy for a minute, to say they now have the outfits of these Vikings they can use to infiltrate the Viking fortress. Sco Scrappy and Daphne are inside of a, j a jail, essentially, like a dungeon. Gee, Daphne, do you think those Viking guys captured Professor Busby, too? I guess. And here's the, and then the lab assistant shows up. Well, Daphne's like, hey, it's the lab assist. And then as she's saying that, he's like, you guys should have stayed away. And he like runs through the room. It's like, geez, dude. Yeah, like, be more suspicious. You, you guys should not be here. He's he's dressed in his lab assistant outfit. He's not wearing yeah. a Viking getup. Of course, a lab assistant outfit meaning a bright red jacket and jeans. And then he, le he just leaves. Yeah, he just, it's like he crosses from stage left to stage right and he's gone. All the while, I, I had a hard time focusing on that because the jail cell keys are right there. They could barely be closer if they were in the lock. Yeah, it's true. They're close. There's, there's also a little bit of an exchange where they're like, what have you done with the professor? 
and she, and this guy no. whose name we don't know is like I haven't done anything to the professor yet. <laughs> oh, he's so suspicious. So I, I'd say at this point in my mind, he's moved past red herring territory to obvious simple villain phase. Olaf sees um, Shaggy and Scooby come up and doesn't say, aren't you a little short for a, I don't know, Vi- Viking, Norseman? A little short, a little skinny, a little scrawny. Uh, he says, oh, oh, new recruits, because he's a caveman, essentially. That's pretty good Olaf, yeah. Uh, must do Viking test. And so the Viking test involves what seems to be a pretty unfair setup, which is tug of war over a crevice, which I actually mm-hmm. think is very cool. I love that concept, too. I thought that was great. That's like they give them a rope and they're in front of a hole and then they look across the hole and there's a ton of beefy freaking Vikings on the other side about to yank them in. I think the only issue is that it's like 2v6. There are like so yeah. many Vikings on the other I, side. I would have liked it better if they were like, you have to do like our two weakest Vikings and it's two incredibly ripped dudes. <laughs> oh, that's like, such I a want... classic joke. It's like, to make fair, chose two uh puny puny viking puny puny child vikings yeah these guys are like they make arnold schwarzenegger look like uh yeah. like um jim parsons yeah i mean we've we've both seen uh what was that stephen chow movie where the kid like who looks really scrawny oh my gosh um kung fu hustle kung fu hustle like it's the kung fu hustle moment where he keeps trying to pick the old man or the little boy <laughs> and with he, a scrawny neck or just like uh, but I think that would have been one good gag. Still, I love the setup of that tug of war. And we're cutting back and forth from there to Scrappy and, Vel- and Daphne, excuse me, breaking out of the cell. And th- So what Daphne does is she, she picks up Scrappy and... Pu- Here's the thing. She picks up Scrappy and pushes him through the bars? Yeah, Scrappy can already go through the bars. And then not only does she push him through the bars, she doesn't like then hold him out with her arms. She lets him sit on her shoulder like a parrot and then reach from there to get the keys, which she does because they're within arm's reach of a child. Daphne, just stick your hand out stick and your, get the keys. Get, I feel like Scrappy wanted to be the one to do it, and Daphne is patronizing him. They do manage to use that to get away. They're running through the facility. I think Scooby and Shaggy are yanked over the hole because they're so weak, and they like fly way over. They lose their uh, disguises, and they're just in their regular outfits. Scrappy and Daphne are making their way through this sort of underground facility and it sort of struck me as being like um a team fortress 2 like captured the flag map hmm because it has this sort of like 60s aesthetic like boardroom and then there's like a world map on the wall and i was like if this was team fortress 2 this is where the briefcase would be that's true you know that's a pretty good reference i haven't played as much so it's rusty on me but yeah they they bump they see professor busby and they're like oh okay great we found you let's split up and we'll both try to find the exit and he's like oh good idea he doesn't say anything about like where he was or like oh the vikings got me he's just like get me out of here okay okay also they find diesel fuel which is like hey why would vikings need that so much diesel fuel listeners you're imagining a lot of diesel fuel double that minimum double that like one of the warehouses at the end of the dark knight Oh, yeah. I'd say uh, if it was diesel fuel and not mysteries at the end of Indiana Jones. That's the kind of warehouse that we have here. Okay, maybe I've overreached. Um, so that's when we springboard back. Scooby and Shaggy are, they're so weak, they're flung onto the Vikings. You failed test. We mad now. <laughs> Dude, you got a really good Viking voice. Thank you. This is a really good barbarian. I'm it's loving it. It's because I'm a little sick. What's, what's your little... access word? Is it a cough? Is it just a straight up cough? Phlegm is your access word. (laughs) (laughs) You're welcome, listeners. So, um, Scooby and Shaggy make their way down as Scrappy and Daphne make their way up, and then they're like, okay, well, the Vikings are chasing us, what are we gonna do? Oh, look! Just behind us, it's a waterway with a longboat in it, and apparently it reaches the sea. And at this point, the action is kind of muddled for me. I'm just trying to keep track of the, the quick changes. But we're at one minute, we're seeing Busby. One minute, we're seeing the lab assistant. Now this the Viking ship is raising out of the water. So what happens is, I, I can just take it from here, and then we can Please. sort of get into it. Yeah. Um, the gang, Sans, Fred, and Velma, they get into the longboat. And it's like, all right, like right, we're going to use our, our guns. Or we're going to use our arm strength. We're going to get out of here. Um, but it's not working. And they're like, oh, shoot, we're tied to the dock. Scrappy goes to untie them, and then Olaf shows up, and Scooby, in a 
sudden fit of bravery is like, oh, I need to save my nephew, swings down from the crow's nest like Tarzan, and then grabs Olaf between his thighs like he's a watermelon. And um, oh. <laughs> ends up swinging all the way up like he's Wrecking Ball from Overwatch into the crow's nest, at which point Olaf starts to be like, ah, I'm scared of heights. I love that. I love that moment where he's completely broken from the Olaf character and we see the human underneath. And that's when that's when the longboat all of a sudden raises out of the water and there's a submarine underneath the longboat. Yes, and they're like, oh, the longboat's on top of the submarine. The lab assistant pops out of the like a hatch on the deck. Hey, that's not that's not on top of the submarine. It's built together with the submarine. Um it, it then it then we're all above ground and the lab assistant is saying that like actually Olaf they unmask Olaf and it's Busby. It's Professor Busby, which is just like a pretty yeah. cool swerve, honestly. Like pretty sick. This is actually the best mystery I think we've seen in a ten minute format it's, yet. It's so excellent because it's like, why would you think that the person who was kidnapped was the villain? Yeah, and we only had a moment to see him acting a little suspicious, whereas the lab assistant was like again beyond a red herring. Like what whatever is redder than a herring is fish go. So apparently Bu- Busby Professor Busby it was Busby the pirate, which look if you're gonna, if you're... I gotta say yeah, like did no one does no one ever say that to him? Oh, Professor Busby, hey, is it, is it related to Busby the pirate? Because you look exactly like him, and this is where he goes. So they were gonna use this submarine to plunder the high seas, which again is a very cool premise. I I love that. I loved the submarine plundering the high seas. I I love that he had a whole crew of Vikings, and I kind of wish we saw them, like the men behind the masks. Like individually unmasked. I want to see the pirates underneath the the Viking beards. Exactly that. You think that that they're all Somalian under there? I don't want to answer that, man. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to to do Yes, I Like Your Beard uh, about that. I didn't want to say something about Somalia. Obviously, if the country was in better economic shape, et cetera, et cetera, crime is bad, people die. Mm. But I actually think the concept of Somalian pirates is really cool because I think that pirates are really cool. So, like, as a concept, I think Somalian pirates are, like, awesome. Not as a reality. Yeah, I think modern day pirates sound fun. Like, when you see a pirate in a kid's book, and then if you don't connect that up to the real-life equivalent, like, where that really exists. It also turns out, much like a pup named Scooby-Doo, in which the red herring is always an authority figure in law enforcement... Ah, yes! Uh, the lab assistant, who was previously unnamed, is Niels Jansen. He was with the Navy Department, and they had tasked him with finding this missing sub. That's right. I, I really like Neil's work in this episode, even though he was all over the place. I was disappointed I couldn't find out who voiced him. It's not listed in the Scooby Wikia, and the credits for this series just lump 15 or so voice actors, 20 even, all together. So, the episode ends with them talking about how, like, oh, this isn't even a real archaeological site or something. There are no old bones. Scooby digs, and he finds an old bone. It is like no bone I've ever seen in my life. It looks, it's almost like, like feathers at the ends of it. It's like a rib that like, kind of like, has fingers out at the ends. Why didn't they just, it's a cartoon. Why didn't they just do like a, what is it? It's always like a femur or like a, like a. Yeah. I guess, yeah, like a femur. I mean, it's just that regular old bone with the two big joints on the end or whatever, you know? And here they go through the needless trouble of Shaggy saying like, oh, it's a whale bone. But it's, it, it seems like too far to go for not enough return. So that was um, Scooby the Barbarian, blah, 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 lamentations of their women, blah, blah. You didn't look it up. I, I, I it sure did. Let's go to the next half. No sharking zone. The second half of this episode, I agree with you, Evan, not as much of interest to me happened in this episode, despite taking up the same amount of time. We are on the island of Skeruba. And at first I was just like, doth my eyes deceive me? Or did they just... Is the friggin' is the setting of this episode a pun? I think it is, because it's ruled by Prince Ruba, and the only part of Scare Ruba that doesn't have Ruba in it is Scare, so it does seem like some pretty simple work was done there. Um, th- there's this guy, he's he's Prince Ruba, who he, he has I love his character design. It's like an admiral outfit, or like, I don't want to say a dictator outfit, but it's that kind of thing where you're both. No, I think it's somewhere between like royalty and military, like that white. What is it? What is it? What am I doing? It's a dictator thing that you said. But he's oh. he's wearing like a white suit, and then he has this very cool sash, and like maybe medals too, if I think. And epaulets? Does he have epaulets? I want him to if he doesn't. 
he's also like an ethnic oh. man, an ambiguously ethnic man, presumably um, Pacific Islander. If this as, setting is anything yeah, to be as, as is everyone on the island for the most part, a couple of white people. I think there's a competition going, so there's a little bit more variety than perhaps there normally is to this lovely island of Skeruba. So this, he's not named yet, but the Prince of Skeruba, or Prince Aruba, he does announce the surfers. It is a surfing competition, and then we sort of, the camera takes us underwater, and we see a large shark. And let me say, that is very frightening. Yeah, a shark, uh, it's a real thing that really exists and is really scary. Jaws proved that a long time ago, and I guess the Meg might have proved that too more recently. Um... Yeah, I thought, and that's not the even Meg, the last the Meg villain. Feet Jason Statham. Say what? The Meg starring Jason Statham. The Meg starring Jason Statham, yeah. But uh, yeah, I think it's a very scary villain, and that's not even our last villain of this half of the episode. They doubled down as it happened. Scrappy um, is so excited about their next assignment because, again, they are under the guise of journalists. They are there to, I guess, cover this surfing competition yes and again it's, i don't know if it's a guise of journalists because daphne says she was invited like isn't it great that we get to be here on the beach just to cover this uh cover this competition and it's like i guess you do have a real job this was sponsored so they're out on this little catamaran and the issue is that they well first of all there's this moment that happens where um they're out there and and uh shaggy has kind of fallen asleep actually everyone's Sco- sorry, Scooby has fallen asleep, the rest of them are awake, and the skies darken, and the water gets really, like, it gets really choppy, and, and a storm mm. comes, and it's raining, and everybody's kind of like, oh, what's going on? Like, oh, we need help. It's like, Scooby, Scooby's sleeping, like, what's going on? Scooby, like, wake up, wake up! And then Scooby wakes <laughs> up, and he commands the waters and the waves to still. Oh, Evan, this is the best thing you could ever do. To get back at me for not paying enough attention to episodes to just start being like, man, I don't remember this. Did the water get shot? I guess I zoned out for more than I thought I did. <laughs> Scooby, calm the waves. And they see they see some sort of four-legged figure loping across the waves in the distance. <laughs> Wait, no, that's something else. That's a, you're conflating two stories, but it... Yeah. Two different Scooby-Doo stories. And, okay, so for our... Chris- Listeners who had a Christian childhood, you will have recognized that. It's nowhere, it's not far at all from what actually takes place. Really? Which is oh, that... Dang. Oh, wait, no, dang, that's right. There, it does. There's a wave that comes up to, to wash over them, and Scoob's like, wait, wait. And he, like, holds up a hand, and the wave stops. And he puts out a, up an umbrella, and he's like, okay. And then the wave crashes down. Crashes down, and then a dove with an olive leaf comes and lands on Scooby's shoulder to signify that this would never happen again. Daphne eventually makes her way back onto the beach while Scooby and Shaggy are like out, like on the boat, snapping pictures or whatever. And she tries to talk to Prince Ruba, but he's kind of like, hey, your guys are ruining the competition because Scooby and Shaggy are indeed plowing through surfers. Have you ever seen. What is it? I, th- I think it might have been like. In like a in like one of those cycling, not maybe the Tour de France or something, where there's someone who's like just in front trying to take pictures, and then they knock the cyclists down, oh. and then it's just like it's horrible. This is one of those situations where Scooby and, and Shaggy are supposed to just be taking photos, but they're actively like getting in the way and potentially harming. It's like they want head-on photos, but they don't know how to go in front of like in the same direction. They just keep colliding with these people. There's a moment that I thought was hilarious where they knock this one pretty buff dude um off of his surfboard he like bounces way in the air hits i think a trampoline mattress that's on the beach yes and then bounces into some seaweed and we hear prince ruba go cowabunga are you all right and i thought for a moment cowabunga was like his sacra blue you know (laughs) an epithet that he yeah exactly that like but it's the name of the dude man i think it'd be so funny if it was just like um, damn it! Huh, damn it, Carlisle, the world's greatest. <laughs> I like that. I was gonna say, uh, <laughs> I like the use of Cowabunga as like a a God save us. Cowabunga our souls. <laughs> <laughs> like, because he says it with that kind of weight, and we don't, we haven't been introduced to Cowabunga just yet, so we just see like a surfer almost get injured, and he's like, <gasps> Cowabunga! Cowabunga He's sort of like a stereotypical 70s hunk, I guess. I, I guess, all but his voice. 
pull a. I, there's a show I really like that's Canadian called Letterkenny. Um, that Do you fe- really like Letterkenny? Have you watched it? Do you enjoy it? I've watched a little bit of it. I, I enjoy Letterkenny. It's a little bit writerly in the way that um, shows that are adapted from plays can be, in that they pack in as much dialogue as they can, sometimes without too much care for where they could be more spare. But I think it's really fun, and I love Jared Kiso, the main character, who's like this really beefy dude but has a real chirpy voice. Okay. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. That is Cowabunga to me. They're like, oh, Cowabunga, are you all right? And he looks like potentially a vaguely ethnic dude who is, again, pretty beefy. He's like, are you all right? Oh, uh, yeah, sure, Prince, no problem. I'm good. And that's him the whole episode. Also, tragically, I don't know who voiced him because I couldn't figure it out. One thing that Daphne in particular notes, or sorry, it's... um. Scrappy, I think. Scrappy. Scrappy notices that Cowbunker Carlisle has his initials, like, monogrammed on his surfboard. Yeah, in, like, little uh, black dots. And Scrappy's like, oh, what are those? What's that made of? (laughs) I don't know, kid. Bye. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, he's just like, That's it. He's out. I I couldn't tell you. And then, while the surfing competition keeps on going, the shark shows up. There's this little, I guess, like, physical comedy gag where um, Scooby and Shaggy trade places with another, with a woman, a woman surfer. Sorry, this is, thinking at work, someone, <laughs> someone wrote in one of their books, like, a woman doc, a woman police officer, and I was like, oh, or sorry, it's a female police officer, and I was like, a police woman? I think, yeah, you're looking for police woman there, bud. Anyway. And uh, there are a lot of female c- competitors in this. I like that they were even-handed there. I didn't have to state that. They, they switch places with the surfer, and then there's a wave coming up behind them, and it's the sort of like, uh, this is also sort of another gag where coming out of the wave is a sh- shark, and it's snapping at them, and then Scooby mm. does a little, another, I mean, this is a lot of physical comedy gags, he winches or cranks his tail and turns it into a, um, a, pro- a propeller. Mm. Or a motor. No, who knows? Oh, like a like a like an out like an out outboard frick. motor, an outboard motor. Yes. All right, but yeah, and so they do that. They manage to get away. Um, I think Daphne then says, "Hey, let's go look for the treasure of this island because it might be connected." So, oh no, Prince Ruba tells us this is somehow connected to the curse of Scare Ruba. Well, here's the thing: Daphne it sort of takes a Velma role where she's just like, "Oh, great white sharks aren't native to these waters." Hmm. And then, this is pretty suspect to me, Prince Ruba is just like, actually, maybe this has to do with the treasure of Skaruba, uh. which has a curse surrounding it, and this curse involves a great white shark guarding the treasure, as well as, and I quote, a terrifying seaweed monster. Which we have not seen as of yet. We've seen Kawabunga land in a big pile of seaweed that conspicuously was not animated, but we haven't seen the monster just yet. And can I say that it's weird that in spite of sea, in spite of great whites not being indigenous to this area, part of their local legend involves a great white shark? Yeah, that does seem a little bit odd. I'm trying to imagine, like, yeah, like Alaska having a legend that involves a kangaroo. Yeah. It's like, that doesn't, that's not possible. It, does, it doesn't track. And that's why it's such a brilliant turn for this supernatural mystery. So they are then on a boat. They all are decked out in Scooby gear. And they, there's a little trope. Excuse me, in what gear? Scooby gear. <laughs> what's, what's it? Um, submerse? What, what's that stand for? Why didn't they call this episode Scooba-Doo? Scooba-Doo? Mm, that could have been good. No sharking zone. I, like... It's kind of a pun, but no one tries to park anything anywhere in this episode. I just I just went to task on... I took Ipti Sam to task on a pun today. She was about to say goodbye, and I kissed her, but I made my mouth real wide as a joke. And she's like, oh, big mouth. Get it? Pun? And I, I was like, you haven't... You've said nothing about the show. That's not a pun. And it was like a five-minute low-key argument about what a pun is. She should have then just, like, stuck her finger in her pants and, like, pretended to have a boner, because that's, like... That's like a, Is that that's your like a idea big of how to get out of a bad joke? <laughs> like, you're in an interview, you make a kind of bad joke that doesn't land. Uh-oh. Last resort. <laughs> I think it works. <laughs> hey, man. Yeah, maybe it worked at Harlequin. That might be a very specific thing for them. Stop bringing up my job. I don't want to get fired. <laughs> oh, man. Look, okay, so they are decked out in Scooby gear because Scooby does have gear as well. 
There's a bit of Scooby snack bargaining, which I love, where Scooby and Shaggy haggle their way towards a full box of Scooby snacks in order to die for this treasure. Yeah, it's sort of like, uh, would you do it for a Scooby snack? Hold on, allow me to confer with my associates. Well, we will do it for an entire box of Scooby snacks. Daphne does just throw the whole box in the ocean, which prompts them to dive in after it. Uh, then they're they're all searching around. It happens the whole gang makes it underwater. I love the animation touch of everyone's face in the Scooby gear. Yeah, I did too. They sort of have these full face masks instead of just the uh, just their eyes. And it's a very cool blue with like I think maybe some dark blue line work. So it's just two toned. Mm-hmm. I loved it. It was good. It mm, looked good. Two toned. Two toned. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> Nothing we could refer to off of that. That is a dead end. Interestingly enough, the person who colored... The, you know <laughs> what? I'm not going to go into it. There was a legendary animator who could <laughs> color with two tones at once. <laughs> and so they called this man by the name of Chris Malone, um, Two-Tone Chris. <laughs> well, listeners, I don't know if that's going to make it into the show notes. So Google it yourself at your own peril. (laughs) Don't Google it. Two-tone Chris might not come up with something bad. (laughs) Anyway. Selective enough. Okay, so anyway. There's one little thing where um, Daphne is like, okay, Scrappy and I will go this way. You go that way. And Mm. Shaggy and Scooby are just like, yeah, to the boat. Let's go back to the boat. (laughs) I love this. They don't do this very often where they just straight up break protocol. Normally, they'll tell you they're not going to do what they're told to do. They, here's, here's a question, Evan. Do you think they accepted payment and now they're going back on what they're, they should be doing? Or were the Scooby Snacks lost at sea and they aren't obliged to do this? I don't think they actually consumed the Scooby Snacks because they had their masks on mm-hmm. anyway. Yeah, I don't think they had them. I think they are in their rights to go back to the boat. So they are swimming away and they bump into the shark, which is like even bigger than it was before. I wrote in my notes, this shark is big AF. It's huge. It's like the size of the Meg f- starring Jason Statham. It is like that. Yes. Except it's except it doesn't it doesn't become so big as to be meaningless. As to be like, well, the shark isn't even aware of humans anymore. <laughs> Cuz the Meg, the Meg doesn't care about humans. The Meg has bigger fish to fry. Does it? I don't know. <laughs> I haven't seen it. Um so uh Scooby and Shaggy end up swimming away from the shark into a cave. Daphne and Scrappy are already in there, and that's where they find the lost treasure of Scaruba. It's a lot of gold. It's a lot of gold, and I don't know if we find it immediately, but a lot of these little these little black things as well. Huh, what are these? My olives! <laughs> <laughs> we, see a, we see a deep sea olive grower, olive farmer, <laughs> who's upset at them. Oh, gosh. It's Petros. It's, it's Petros. Oh, I love Petros. He was great. Um... It, this is a bit of a side tangent, but I want to know, we have a lot of skin in this episode. Both the first half and especially the second half, I was actually surprised by how much uh, how much everyone was just wearing regular old bikinis and swimsuits. In the first episode? The scrappy, oh no, uh, like a lot of the Vikings are a bit shirtless, and Shaggy is also semi-topless. Shaggy, he... it's so funny. They sort of show off his little chicken legs when he's wearing the Viking outfit. Yeah. And they give him these little hairs on his legs. But it really stands out because none of the Vikings have hair on their legs. They shave their legs. They're Olympic swimmers. Each like, one. I think they they did it to make it look like Shaggy was more, like... Out of place? A little more, a little more helpless. Yeah. But... It does. It, you know, just, like... It makes him look vulnerable. It, I think they did it to make him look emasculated, but he's the only one with body hair. Yeah. You know, talking about Shaggy's body, I don't want to body shame him, but in this, in this second half of the episode, in this episode, Shark... No, Sharking Aloud... We see him when he's surfing shirtless. I want to say he has, like, a flubby old man bod. <laughs> like, he has, like, not a... Like, it look, I felt sad for Shaggy seeing him shirtless he's for like, the first he's time. He's like Ben Affleck 2018. Uh, January 2018, and not Ben Affleck, like, August 2018. I, I don't follow Ben Affleck. That, I don't have the monthly updates that you clearly are subscribed to. But, uh, but yeah, I was, I was just like, why do we have to make Shaggy... Like, they gave him, like, a sunken chest and, like... Even though he's skinny, they gave him like a little pot belly, like a beer, like, like a little a beer, beer gut. gut with like some lines on it. I will say for the rest of the episode, they make him the way I wanted to see him, which is like, you know, skinny toned. 
Was it not fine for him to be fat and have skinny tone to him? Why can't Shaggy have two tones? No, I prefer to think of Shaggy as, you know, because he's got these hairy little legs. The Hedgehog is my nickname for him. Please don't. Um, so they do find as well. So there, yeah, there's these weird little black things. Um, here's the thing. Daphne sees them and is like, okay, I think I know. I think I know what the deal is with this mystery. Yeah. She well, solves it immediately upon seeing the treasure. We're, we're like halfway through the mystery at this point. By the way, this is the point at which my notes end. Honestly, the episode pretty much ends. I can take us to the end again. Please, please do. We haven't even introduced the seaweed monster because, frankly, he has n- he did not need to be in this episode even a bit. Who cares? We we see him for a split second earlier. He sort of pops his head out. He is in the cave. He's chasing Shaggy and Scooby. He looks like um Man Thing from Marvel. There's like a jokey comic book cover because Giant Size was like a format for Marvel comics. So there was like Giant Size Avengers, and so Giant Size Man Thing is kind of like this very jokey like ha 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 giant size man thing he looks like if you took man thing and alan moore and smushed them together they they see the shark is also in the cave sort of like on land propped up and they're just like ah the shark the shark is a submersible yes i, I think daphne basically like taps on is like hey that was the wrong thing to tap on but pure metal it's not a shark it's a mini submarine uh they yeah. make the, they swim out of the cave the swamp monster gets inside of the shark and follows them, which is just like, does this not negate having two villains or two like monsters? Yeah, I, I think we now have zero villains. Uh, I think it's a double negative. Uh, they're they're all outside, um, and yeah, there's somehow Scooby gets is thrown from the boat, makes its way onto the shark, rides the shark somewhat like a bucking bronco. And crashes it onto land. He does the same mattress trampoline to seaweed thing. The shark merciful gets crumpled. Out of the shark merciful, they obviously find Calabunga Carlisle. No surprise. As Daphne very logically pieces together, these tiny little black pearls were what he was using to monogram his surfboard like an idiot. Yeah, like, I, I, this is dumb, but my point of reference was like, this would be like if those people that stole like $10,000 worth of chicken nuggets, then put chicken nuggets on their surfboards <laughs> in the shape of their initials. That's a, that, I didn't work harder beyond that first reference. That's all I got. Um, so that's it. That's the end of the episode. There are two things that I want to do really quickly, because I know we got to wrap it up. You have to eat dinner with your wife. I, I don't know. I got to do stuff. Um, I don't have to. I can not if I want. Okay. I well, we can take our time then. No, no, I, no, I have to. It's no, it's okay. So two things. I want to do uh, I love really quickly. We'll each yeah. choose an episode and we'll do a Scooby Doop for the episode of our choice for the half, and then we'll do um, nitpicky wiki. Which half? Which episode half do you want to do? Uh, I'll take the second half, just on a whim. Okay, I'll take the first half. Do you have something? Um, nope. Give me a second to think of it. Um, I I already have mine. So okay, in the on. first one. There was this whole thing, and I'm pretty sure I have the right culture or civilization right, but um, I think, I'm pretty sure that sat um, Danes or, like, Vikings had berserker warriors, and berserker warriors would put themselves into, like, this bloodlust frenzy. Yeah, they would eat those mushrooms or whatever that would make them lose it. And they would actually, like, bite on their shields. They were so, like, in this, like, rage. And so um, Scooby and Shaggy are like, ah, like, we're Vikings also, and, like, all right, we're we're gonna get into this bloodlust. Bite your shield, and the Vikings like, no, I, 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 not want bite shield. And they're like, you gotta, you gotta do you it. Gotta do it, man. <laughs> now I'm imagining them be like, hey, man, have you ever berserked before? You want to zerk out, man? <laughs> Come on, man. All the other Vikings are doing it. So so they get this Viking to bite down on his shield, and then they don't, and they run away. That's my Scooby Doo. I like it. I love the specific of the berserk. I, I think that's a great poll from Viking culture to include in there. Also, very quickly, mm. the Scooby Doop is oh, a yeah. little what scenario that? that Scooby and Shaggy enact. Typically, it's them. Um, and it allows them to create a scenario in which the social pressures are so great that the monster is forced to buy in and comply, thus allowing Scooby, Shaggy, whoever else, to make their escape. That was my example for Scooby the Barbarian. 
Luke's example for no sharking zone is obviously that Scooby and Shaggy dress up as accomplished sushi chefs because that's the one profession that requires both fish and seaweed. Oh, snap! I dig it. Nice! Um, so those are our Scooby Doops, nitpicky wiki. Um, if I can mention, holy crap, on No Sharking Zone, it claims that Daphne's surname of Blake is first revealed in this episode. Huh. Which would be, I mean, I, I can't say I've seen everything up to this point, but that is amazing if that is true. Um, inconsistencies, continuity errors, and or goofs oddities, Scooby's voice sounds different even after his mask is taken off. I feel like we passed by a lot of stuff to get there. Is, is that it? Is that the only one? Like, yeah, that, that is it. Scooby's voice sounds different is true of half of all the things Scooby says. Also, some stuff like notes trivia for Scooby the Barbarian. This is the series premiere of the Scooby Do and Scrappy Doo show. We know that's what season one, episode one means. Oh, that's a little bit of a disappointing turnout for, for these two eps or for this ep. Yeah, that's, there's really almost nothing for these. I think these episodes get a little bit less love than some episodes in the Scooby Wikia. But as ever, thank you, whoever you are that edits and manages the Scooby Doo Wikia, because it's a great resource and I appreciate it. And that brings us to the end of this episode. Uh, yeah, come on, Evan, let's get to the outro. Put them up. <laughs> outro, outro, man. I want to be an outro <laughs> man. All right. All right. Outro, outro, outro. I'll try and keep it. Did you not like that? Did you, you remember that song? I don't know that song. Are you serious? No, what is this? Um, it was a song called Macho Man. Oh, that sounds familiar, but I don't think I know it. it. I remember one of my very early childhood memories was watching TV, and they, there was an ad that featured Macho Man. And it was a guy, like, dancing, like, Macho, Macho Man. And that's... Oh, village people. My only point of That makes of a degree of sense. Anyway, this is the outro. We are your outro men. We want to be your outro men. Outro, outro men. Dude, I love this song. This is amazing. How do I not own more village people stuff? <laughs> This is great. Stuff. Village, stuff. Not even like village people music. Village people stuff. I Why don't I have a village people body pillow? I just wanted stuff. I didn't care. I was going to say village people CDs. Then I was going to say music. Then I realized I only have Spotify. And then I was just like, st I was like, I should never have said own. I'm in too deep already. I Let's just say stuff. Evan will definitely let it go and we'll be past it. <laughs> Oh, man, if you want to get more hilarious content like yeah, this... Yeah, if you want more Scooby Dude stuff... Twitter.com at TheScoobyDudes. Facebook.com slash Scooby Dudes. Send us an email at ScoobyDudesPodcast at gmail.com. Visit our website at ScoobyDudes.com. There you can find an original title card by, I believe, Flora is the pronunciation. You can find her at jam-art.tumblr.com gorgeous title cards so good amazing we i uh, what did i tell you on the minotaur episode we did last it was so good i first said this is album cover art no 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 this is hearthstone card art or like magic the gathering art this is amazing high quality definitely the finest rendition of a bull with the bod of a buff man that i've ever seen you can also see on our websites inconsistent any uh, any corrections, show notes, just portals to everything else. For instance, if you're wondering where can I leave you a review, you can go to our website and you'll see that we link you to our iTunes page, maybe or whatever. I don't know how you do it. Write us a review on iTunes. Five stars. If you do that, I'll read it. We don't have any new reviews right now, but when we do, I'll read them. I'll read, and even better, I will actively listen to Evan reading it. As much as I don't want him to, he will I, definitely do that. I will, I will reiterate, I would gladly do something else. I just, I'm too, I can't, I can't sit still. How do we um, pay our artists like Flora? Uh, one of the ways that we do this is we... Evan, are you okay? I think, listeners, I think Evan glitched out. I... I almost think <laughs> screen prep, but his eyelids still work, apparently. <laughs> Patreon.com. Um, slash Scooby Dudes. So, and you can donate to us. If you give the us... The amount that you donate. <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not actually trying to I'm do it I'm not doing a bit either, so just, please go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> okay. So if you donate to us on Patreon, we will give you original special content in return to your donation that's exclusive to you as our Patreon patron 
on Patreon. Uh, it's also, as Evan said, how we pay our title card artists because we don't just want to pay them an experience that's despicable. We're not those guys. We're the Scooby Dudes. So go to patreon.com, donate to us. We appreciate it. It keeps our lights on. And uh, we're, we're putting, you know, fun fact, we're putting a little chat that Evan and I had on Gmail we thought was pretty funny. We'll go on Patreon. That's going on there. I've also, um, I photoshopped together some fun little, like, Harlequin Minotaur covers for our last episode. I put a bonus one of, the, of that on Patreon. Mm -hmm. We just, we're trying to create more bonus content. If you are on Patreon, please let us know what you would like more of. Yeah, let us know what you think, what you appreciate best, so that we can focus more on that stuff. And at the end of the day, what you gotta do is return to us next week. Our episodes come out every single Monday, unless you're a $5 or more Patreon subscriber, in which case it comes out at some point on Sunday. And that's it. This is episode was for all of you patron donors, we're gonna say right now. Wait, what? This episode was for patron donors? It was for them, so we have we're to say their names. Oh, yeah, we say their names every week. We say their names the first time they donate. We give them a big shout out, and we say their names every single week. These people, these ones right here, we're, we're going to say them. And it's also for the rest of you. But we don't know your names. No, no Evan. Evan. <laughs>